to ask a very simple question today. Why do you attend church? Why? You find it convenient to gather with certain people who call themselves Christian under the umbrella of church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, and then Friday after Friday. It's a question I want to ask you. Why do you attend church? Why, why, why? It's good to take stock of everything. The best relationships that will ever last and will ever be or bring enduring joy to anybody who is found in it is one based on such stock taking as why is this relationship so? Why are we here? What am I doing here? If you must best get the best out of Christianity, you must be able to ask yourself, for example, why am I a Christian? Who am I a Christian? What exactly does my Christianity define? What are the extent, the, the limitations, the coverage? What, what is the confinement of my Christianity? Why do you attend church? Why do I attend church? I realize that there's an element of stock taking in the body. But most times the stock taking that we do in the body are unfounded on the scriptures. For example, somebody says, why am I a Christian? He says, well, I'm a Christian because I have today. And this is nonsense. Why am I a Christian? Well, I'm a Christian because I have to be. It's nonsense. Defining questions with questions. Defining ambiguities with vagueness. Why am I a Christian? Should have a formidable answer from the Bible. I should be able to say from the word of God, this is the reason why I'm a Christian. Why am I who I am? Why am I here? What am I doing here? What are the limitations and the confinement of my operations in this place? Why do I attend church? Let me show you certain places where scriptures connoting church assemblage like we have now at this local assembly is revealed. And let's see if we find any basis why you and I attend church from these scriptures. I won't stay too long if the Lord permits. He has to be if God permits. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 3 says this would we do if God permits? He has to be if God permits. So if I say I won't stay long and then I begin to preach and I preach, I preach six hours then God has not permitted. You know many of us are very carnal. He said, don't tell me God is not permitting. Just tell me you want to let you love to waste time. Tell me you love to talk. You just and just Tell me you love to talk. It's only about talking. There are times you make up your mind to share something very briefly. As you start very briefly, very, very, very briefly, it gets more compounded. And more compound. You define something that needs one other definition, that needs one other definition, and the more you define, the more askance and confused they look. They look really confused. So you want to define and define and define. And you have six hours before they heave a sign of relief. <sighs> Actually very tired. Not because they've understood. <laughs> hey! Hebrews chapter 10. 
describes an assemblage. If you look closely at the book of Hebrews, you discover the book of Hebrews was not written to Christians. Amen. The book of Hebrews was not addressed to Christians. You must understand such such grand definitions of Bible books. Now it's not theological appraisal, it's just contextual appraisal. Now this book was written to certain people. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke to our fathers. Whose fathers? Your fathers? No! The Israelites' fathers. Now, what makes you an Israelite? Nothing. You're a child of God in glory. An Israelite has to be a child of God in glory. Otherwise, he's excluded from the benefit of the kingdom of God. There is always a trait of link and objective tangibility in the things of the spirit. Now what I mean is this. You don't, for example, from being an Nigerian, suddenly become an Israelite by wish. There must be a link. Amen. There must be a link. Someone says, two equals ten. That's wrong. Two cannot be equal to ten except there is something. Someone says five is the same as ten. How? There must be a link. The way this black man has suddenly become an Israelite must be an established link. I'm a child of God. How? I'm born again. How? I'm redeemed. How? I'm a Christian. How? God who at Sunday times and in diverse manners spoke to our fathers by the prophets hath in this last day spoken to us who are the us, we of the fathers, we the Israelites. And so you must always see the definition of the book of Hebrews in these lights. Hallelujah. That this book was addressed particularly to physical Israel does not in any way connote it's not relevant to Christians. But the relevance to Christians must be contextually appraised or appreciated. You don't appraise it just like that. And it's just the wrong mentality in the body of Christ. And it's a very sickening mentality. It actually gives us up as being too dull. For being Christians, we are too dull. There's something we miss out for being Christians. We miss out the ethics of cleverness, of being brilliant. We are dull. Someone says, well, I'm the woman with the issue of blood. How come you are the woman with the issue of blood? The woman with the issue of blood lived and died several years ago. Someone says, well, I'm Moses. Moses lived and died several years ago. Someone says, well, I'm Matthew. Matthew lived and died years ago. You are who you are. There's a relevance in Christ you must find from the Bible. Outside this, you're on your own. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're on your own outside this. Glory to God. You are just on your own. You know what it means to come to this church this morning and just come and say, I'm the pastor. And just come and sit and say, I'm the pastor. You are on your own. Because while you boast and gloat and glory, you are the pastor. 
The pastor remains the pastor. When it's time to preach the word of God, nobody will say, you come up with all your boasts and your empty threats. They'll probably bind you head and foot and cast you to utter darkness where there is whooping and gnashing of feet and the preaching goes on. You get the point? You get the point? Because under the guise of preaching and entertainment and showbiz, many people just take things for granted. You are Lazarus and like Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. You are coming out today. You are coming out today. Bam, bam, bam. You are coming out today. Lazarus, Lazarus. Now who is Lazarus here? It's possible we all have been christened Lazarus. Now there are many of us who have names our mothers never actually named us. Jaguar, Jackie, Jokey, all sorts of names we have, Revo and all that. Our terrible names we have, our parents never actually gave to us, names outside Christ. But this is in themselves a particular to us. Now it's possible you are Lazarus or Lazari or LZ or, or PLZ or whatever you call yourself. But the Lazarus in Bible lived, died, was raised from the dead, and he died again. <laughs> And you are here. I didn't know about your own history. Hebrews chapter 10 describes something. Verse 25 actually is the assembling of the Jews together in celebration of Judaism. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. There was always assembling together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, isochronically, some of the Christians here took advantage of Judaic meetings to begin to preach Christ. What does God's word say about assembling together? If you take this to be church, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the man of some is, but calling one another near. Each time you see the word exhorts, Exhortation, exhorted, as used in the Bible, he speaks of calling people near. Now, an exhortation is not a short religious liturgy or homily or doxology. The preacher hands down because he's been too busy to prepare a good sermon. An exhortation is not some kind of message that an ill-prepared brother hands down to the people because he's very busy with his wife. A Bible exhortation is a keen message with the aim of calling people near for the sense of urgency or vital importance of the message on ground. Exhort, call one another. Now, church is the place to call one another near. Church is the place to call somebody near. And it gives us the reason why. Much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Much more as you see the day of the Lord drawing there. You call somebody. This verse does not say church is a place where we come to receive blessings. Hello. Anybody here? Church was the only place to contact God. We have celebrated church outside the Bible definition. The contact of God transcends church. The contact with God transcends church. 
The contact through God transcends church. The contacts by God transcends church. There is more to God than a building like this. There is more to Christianity than church. If you are not a Christian outside church, then you are not a Christian at all. Prayers church never has called it the house of prayer. He said it's a place to exalt one another. Because there is an understanding that vibrant Christianity is our normal practice and ethics anywhere we are. The assumption of Bible is that fervent pursuit of God is our lifestyle. Fervent pursuit of God is our homily. Fervent pursuit of God is our routinal development. Fervent pursuit of God is what we do by practice. Our norm of everyday living is a fervent pursuit of God. So when we come together at church, we don't come to pursue God. We actually come to draw ourselves there. Much more as we see the day approaching. Everybody here is making progress where they are. Church is not the place primarily for making progress because we all ought to be making progress in life wherever we are so we come together we just come to exhort one another let us see bible and things that defined church assemblage because the moment you have a wrong concept or conception of what church should be you make a mess of God's expected prescription. Have you seen Acts chapter 4? Go read again. Thank you, Jesus. So you see church and see how it is. Acts chapter 2, sorry. Acts chapter 2. Why do you come to church? Why do I come to church? Church has been turned to the house of God. Church has been turned to the house of God. Church is the house of God because the houses of God are church. Church is not the house of God because God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Ladies and gentlemen, if there were place to be consecrated and never to be desecrated for the reverence we have out of a pure heart for God, the living God, the maker of heaven and earth, it is not a place where we gather, it's our physical bodies. If there were a place you and I should never defile as we hold allegiance in awe of divine awe towards this kind of platform, we ought to owe a better allegiance to our bodies as the temple of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't dwell in this place. He dwells in you by his Holy Spirit. If there must be some place we must idolize as a place not to go near with unwashing hands and unwashing bodies. It is not church. It is you. Glory. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread in prayers 
And fear came upon every soul. And many signs and wonders were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Acts 2 and verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a practice, verse 42, of continuing steadfastly as individuals. Ladies, have you seen it? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in fellowship. They continued in breaking of bread together and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and individualized life, then life together. It is not about what we do together first. It's first a life. You have a life. You suffice a life. You have sufficient life. You satisfy a life in Christ. Then it comes to the open. Are you here? Are you here? I want to get it. I'm not trying to underplay or underestimate or undermine or play down the integrity of this kind of gathering. I'm only saying this kind of gathering is not as important as the life you live as an individual. Amen. Now, the life I live as an individual towards God is more important than church. God is not going to have church stand before him at that day to be, to be judged for things done in church body. God will have every one of us stand before him to be judged for things we do in our body. Don't celebrate church. Celebrate your Christianity. Don't celebrate church. Celebrate the God of your Christianity. Celebrate your work. Watch your work. Don't watch what the church is doing. Watch what you are doing. Don't watch what the church is saying. Watch what you are saying. It's not about us. It's about you. Amen. Acts chapter 7. I want us to get this straight. Straight talk. Point blank. Acts chapter 7. Are you sure you came today? Verse 47. But Solomon built him a house. Acts 747. Get your Bibles. Acts 747. Acts 747. Acts 747. But Solomon built him a house. Verse 48. How be it the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands? As saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? See the Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? God does not dwell in temples made with hands. This is not the house of God. In the context of this verse. Have you seen it? In the context of this verse, you and I ought not to celebrate this house beyond the presence of God. Have you heard me? We should not celebrate this house beyond the presence of God. Because there are too many of us who come to look for God at church. 
Can you see the kind of sanctimony and religious gloom that comes upon people when they come into church? Haven't you found them before downstairs excited? They're just feeling cool and they're walking loquaciously. Talking loquaciously. They're just walking, slapping their legs in every dragging up and just feeling cool. They're, excited. they're, they're in glee. They're happy. They're just forming and feeling cool. But the day is just, it's just exciting. The moment they step in the church, they take a cloak of spiritual gloom. They really will smile. Most folks here are pretenders. The kind of lives they have now is just a facade, it's an outlook. Get them outside these confines. You see them. At times, some folks actually, literally, physically put off this cloak. They go, ah, ah, is that law? Let's go. So, our church was boring today. Let's go. Let's go be ourselves. This is not the house of the Lord as you are the house of the Lord because God does not dwell in temples made with hands. This is not the temple of the Holy Ghost as you are the temple of the Holy Ghost because God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. The question I have to ask you is this. What happens to this church when we're away? Under the Old Testament, there was a consecrated, designated, purposefully built house where there was uh, the outer courts, the holy place, and the holiest of all, within which there were the cherubs and the ark of testimony, and Aaron's board that budded, and the shoe bread, and the golden censers. And the messy seats and the big curtain. There were certain things that remained when they were gone. Certain objects and links of symbolism with the covenant government with them remained in the temple when they were gone. Yet, God did not dwell in temples made with hands. Ladies and gentlemen, what exactly happens to this building when you and I are out of this building? It becomes just a normal building. Now, if this building has suddenly become the place of God's presence because you are here, it simply means when you leave this place, you are taking God's presence with you. God's presence is in your car like it is in church. God's presence is in your house like it is at church. God's full presence and manifestation is on the football field with you like it is at church. God's presence is with you when you are boxing somebody over a meal, over food, over asna versus man you. God's presence is there as you clench your fist to give somebody a blow to his glass jaw because God will never leave nor forsake thee. He could leave Samson. He could leave Saul. He cannot leave the new creator. He has promised of the covenant of a permanent abidance with the new creator. If the Holy Ghost leaves the new creator for one second, Christ died in vain. Are you sure you have? Let's run through some scriptures. Ephesians 2 quickly. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. You must get all these verses. Now all these verses mean exactly what they say. 
Never see God's word as just telling some truth that is not true. The word of God says what he says. It's clear. What God's word has said has been said. What God's word has not said was not intended to be said. Nothing has been missing and nothing can be added. Add that not to his word. Let's reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Ephesians 2.22 Let me start from verse 21. Have you seen this? In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Through the Spirit. Look at 1 Peter 2. Glory be to God. 1 Peter 2 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone, this allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 16 and then 6 13 and then 6 19. Get your Bibles quickly. 1 Corinthians 3. Are you still here? 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? 1 Corinthians 6, 13. 1 Corinthians 6, 13. Meats for the belly and the belly for the meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. First Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Are you sure you came to church today? First John chapter 3 and verse 24. You must get this into your minds and have these impact your work. First, get it into your mind to impact your consciousness so that your work will be prompted appropriately by this. First John 3 and verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him. What is the commandment? Verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us because we feel him every time. Hereby we know that God abides in us because we feel goosebumps on our bodies. Say something because we feel goosebumps on our bodies. Because he charges us. Hereby know we that God dwells in us. Because at certain times we have some fits. Spiritual fits or tantrums. Yes, God is here now. Hereby we know that God is in us. Have you seen this? Why? 
which he has given us. The confirmation that God dwells within you is the spirit he has given to you. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12 Now we have received not the spirit that is of the world but that which is of God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us of God. Now we have received the spirit of God. Judges 16 and verse 21 and Samson wished not that the spirit of God had departed from him. The spirit of the Lord actually departed from Samson. The spirit of God left Samson. First Samuel 16 14. The spirit of God left Saul. And an evil spirit from God came to Saul. The hand of God was upon him for evil. But not so with the new creature. Look at what God's word says at John chapter 14 and verse 16 about the new creature. John 14. Are you here? John 14. And verse 16. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father. Note it very well. And I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comfort. Have you seen it? That he may abide with you as long as you wish to have him around with you. That he may abide with you as long as you live right. Say something. That he may abide with you as long as your pastor confers him upon you. It's funny how we come to church every Sunday to receive his spirit. I give you my spirit. Take my spirit. Take my spirit. I bless you. I announce you. I anoint you. Shut it up. First, what do they have of God? Before your sickening blessing, they were blessed of God. And if you have no faith in what God has given them, how should we have faith in what you are giving us in the name of God? First, God's blessing. Most Christians trust their pastors than they trust God. Most Christians believe they are men of God than they believe their Bible. In fact, most Christians lead their pastors. Have you found a Christian say, my pastor said, my pastor said, my pastor said, Pastor himself comes like God every Sunday morning. I bless you. I promote you. I exalt you. I extol you. I change you. I anoint you. I empower you. Rubbish. Tell them what God has done for them. Don't sell blessings to them. They've been blessed of God freely. And freely they have been blessed of God. And they remain blessed. They are more blessed than you are. You as a pastor were blessed by men. They have been blessed of God. Because most pastors were blessed by other pastors. They were blessed by their mentors. Someone said, where did you get your anointing? I got my anointing from my mentor. I read his books. My anointing, I got from my mentor. I read his books. So his power rubbed on me. Many pastors are not as blessed as Christians. Now, Christians have been blessed by the blood of Jesus. Most pastors have been blessed by books. Most pastors have been anointed by empty hands from empty people on empty Sunday mornings. But most Christians have been blessed by God. I don't know about you, but I got blessed by God. No man could have blessed me. No man can bless me. The kind of blessing I have is more than what any pastor can give anywhere. In fact, I'm a blessedness to pastors myself because I'm a Christian. What does this one say? John 14 and verse 16. It says, he will abide with you as you wish. 
it is not about your wish it's about the covenant the covenant is that of permanent abidance he abides with you forever he can never leave you whatsoever you do he could leave something but not you you say i don't agree you don't have to agree it's not about your agreement it's not about your agreement it's not about you agreeing it's about the word of god you don't have to agree now there are many things you have not agreed with that are so in life someone says my god it's 2 p.m i can't agree i can't agree but the time ticks away not just 2 p.m 3 p.m 4 p.m a second day a third day a fourth day another year another year at times you see somebody you didn't expect an expensive expensive bmx5 jeep 2009 model ah, i don't believe i don't believe the man takes the car crosses your leg i see you don't believe that you don't believe doesn't change the fact that it is so what if some will say i don't believe shall their unbelief make the faith of god of none effect nay let god be true romans 3 3 romans 3 4 and let all other men be liars that you don't agree cannot change the solid fact of the roots of this rudiments he shall abide with you not for a season he shall abide with you not for a while he shall abide with you not for a special time he's not here at our holy ghost services he's with us the presence of god is with the christian we don't come into his presence coming into god's presence is coming into a christian because the presence of god is within a christian if you must enter god's presence then enter a christian spirit this is where god dwells he does not dwell in temples not with hands he dwells within us by his holy spirit and this holy spirit has is with us on a permanent abidance basis not because we are structured right but because of the covenant he struck with christ in us we struck with God in Christ. Look at it very well. Look at it again. John 14, 16. 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. You are now in the church. more important than the building christ didn't die for the building he died for us and paid by his blood christ is not coming back for the building he's coming back for you and i the building cannot be sent on assignment you and i are the ones that have been sent on assignment our monies our financial breakthroughs our financial backups our financial accounts can never have never been sent on assignment you and i are those who have been into with the power of God and sent on errand and by the mandate of God to preach the gospel. It's not about a sanctuary. It's about we the sanctuary. It's not about the temples. It's about we the temple of God. Celebrate God in yourself and consecrate yourself for service. You may desecrate the church but never desecrate yourself. You may come late to church but never come late to God in yourself. 
You may handle the place like this irreverently for the presence of God, but never handle your bodies irreverently for God dwells within you. That's why in this church, we don't ask for God's presence because we ourselves are carriers of God's presence who dwell within God's presence. Christianity is not about trying to get to God. Christianity is about being before God. The Christian is the one before God. God is within him. He dwells in God and God dwells within him. God is within him by his Holy Spirit. He's within God by the covenant of eternal life. Why do you come to church? You don't come to church to celebrate God's presence. You don't come to church to come and enter into God's presence. You come to church because you are in God's presence already. First John chapter 4 and verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Do you like this one? It is not about our philosophies. Our makeshift idol fancies or human philosophies. It is not about what we think. It's about what the Bible says. And you must stand with it and stand firm on it and stand steadfast by it. Are you here? I saw this verse. I was elated. I was excited. I was glad. First John chapter 4 and verse 13. Hereby know we. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Don't you like that one? We know that he dwells in us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Have you seen it? First John 4 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his Holy Spirit. He has given us of his Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the use in coming to church for blessing when you are already blessed? The congregation called church is a congregation of the called at ones who have been blessed, who have been sanctified, who have been separated, who have been changed, who have been graced, who have been healed, who have been restored, who have been refreshed, who have been forgiven, who have been cleansed, who have been redeemed, who have passed from death unto life, who have been given the grace of God. What Christ did, they can do also. John 14 and verse 12, he said, He that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now unto him, Ephesians 3.20, that is able to do exceeding abundantly of all that we ask or think according to his power at work within me. Too many times I'm, sick, I'm always sick and tired of coming to church to receive some power, some power. Like the woman with the issue of blood touching the hem of the garment of Christ who just comes to give me some power. You don't come to church to get some power. You have been made a reposer of God's awesome power. The fullest of God's power is what you have been made for. What men are seeking out in a supernatural way. God has made you for ordinarily. You don't come here for power. You are an embodiment of God's power. Wherever you are, the kind of
of expectation people have here is what they ought to have anywhere you are because you are the church anywhere you are enough to come to my church for what what do you want I'll give you here I'm my church someone says yes what you have said is very simple if it is simple then help him it's very simple it's very very easy in fact there was a testimony like this at my church some time ago come, come to where if he has to come to church you don't have faith in God if you have faith in God you, have to wait. you don't have to wait till church if you have to wait till church you don't have faith in the true and the living God the true and the living God does not dwell in church you are the church anywhere your God is there so the solution is here now that you have found me you have found God sit down let me just invite God to your life and, and get you healed I never talk about church I talk about God I don't talk about our pastor I talk about the pastor whose name is Jesus you come to church I want to announce two very important points two very important points God is a spirit who was given by the word to Christ an open invitation to all you don't need any intermediary to meet God. Very important. If the man, the man, the, the, the man can lay hands on me, the man, I shall be healed. Why must that man lay hands on you? What do you want? You want healing power. It doesn't belong to that man. It belongs to God. Said in a better way, if that God, that God, you mean that man is your God? No. Alright. If God can lay hands on you, you want God? He's everywhere. Call upon him by faith in Christ. The mentality of looking for go-in-betweens to God is ruining scriptural revelation. The devil is using this as a strategic point to tear us off the truth of God. You don't need any contact with God. You yourself as a Christian, you are in direct, first-hand, first-time, lifeline contact with God in Christ. And if you are not a Christian, you don't need any man. You need God's word by faith in Christ to latch onto God. God is everywhere. Why should you lay hands on me? I could get it myself. There are many things we go get all by ourselves. Many of us always trace sources. Always trace sources. We always trace sources. Casual things. Very simple thing as sweets or candies. That word is candies. Not sweets is actually candies. Candies in church. Somebody says, you care for one? A bar of chocolate. It's already sweet. And that one. You say, wait. 
Where is the source of the candies? Where? You know, you, you explore. Who? Where is it? Okay, the candies there. Hey. Emoji. There's something I want to talk to you. Very important. Emoji, man of God, please. Can I have your attention? Man of God, come. There's something about sales. Come. Uh, the candies. You can I have some of it. The man says, actually, please take one. Is it, who is distributing these candies? He said, the candies is next door. You see, what asked me to I'll be back. I want to go pray next door. You, you want to find the source. one of the source so you can get the cheapest, the best the varieties the unadulterated, the most genuine, the easiest first hand contact this man downstairs is a distributor of 4 in 1, one Chinese, China and French wivons and all sorts of hairdos for women somebody goes to find a label to find where the thing is made he goes to where it's made. To find where it's made from. He becomes an importer. Just for one piece of weaver. One piece. He imports. He wants practicable contact. With the real thing. People would do whatever. To get to the roots of things. The very roots. How? 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 What did he use? I was not told this until lately that amongst ladies such conversation as your face is looking very smooth and not just normal compliments because they appreciate one another is so that they will know the roots of that kind of smoothness ah you are beautiful yes look at so hey what did you what did you use 1006 royal locks 1001 1002 hey why did you buy your own the one I bought at chocolate is adulterated say yes I bought my own from Kulinti Where's this Kulinti? Kulinti is near Mooneru. Mooneru, where? Is there Jacob for Warogi? Ah, where? Is there Igbo Tele? Ah, take me there. Take, take, take me there. It's time to find something you are nauseated, you are irritated. People go all sorts of nostalgia. They feel like going back home. But they are still going all this. They are going forward. Ah! They are going, they they're not going back. Say, don't worry. Ah, worry again. I'm looking for something. Until they find the cream. But when somebody says, I will stand and talk to God for you, you say, thank you, sir. You even give him money. Eat your crates of egg. Eat your turkey. The man is going to sleep. He will not pray for you. He's a weak person like you are. He's also very tired. We've had a program. Woman I know. Woman I don't know. Woman I shall know. Woman to be known. Four programs all in one. We're also tired. We have online prayer meetings. We pray from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. the next day. After the prayer, we say, let's go and sleep. We say, Pastor, please. Please. I want to sleep. Pray for me. Take this money. Thank you very much. Put money in my pocket. And I start sleeping on my way home. I'm not a man like you. What makes you special? In fact, some of us are more coordinated than most pastors, as being ordinary members. We are more concerted. We are more. We are more concentrated in the things of the spirit. 
remove from your mind the wildest beam of imagination the thought of an intermediary there's no good in between with God if I have sinned I have business with God I don't have business with you I said if I have sinned I have no business with you I have business with God because most of you know how to find sinners to victimize them many Christians rather kill and murder in silence than tell a lie before Christians because Christians will not let them go many Christians will rather kill somebody in, in secret than tell a lie before Christians because Christians will bro bro hear what I hear what did you hear is that sinner gossip why do we celebrate the fall of Christians why do we celebrate the fall of fellow believers why why do you love to announce <laughs> I'm not mocking it's sneering it's a difference Holy pregnancy. <laughs> Holy whatever pregnancies of God. God is the one that gives pregnancies. There are many Christians who are looking for cannot get. They look for legally. Pastor has even said, walk and pray. Pastor has said, walk and pray. No more Bible study, no more walk night, day, every day, every day. The man is haggard, the man is used. They're all looking very bent and, and, and petty because of hard work and nothing. No sign, no wonder. No voice. And yet God gives a younger 14 year old this thing. He says it's not good. Who gave it then? It's the Lord. Blessed be his holy name. Come here, we'll celebrate. I will name the child. Even if she's father, if he's fatherless. I will still name the child. Are you getting this point? If I have made a mistake or done something, it's not about you, it's between I and God. There are many of us who have made mistakes in the past, who have seen sins in the past, and we are so scared to go to God because Christians have told us that if they were God, they will forgive us. They've told us, if I were God, I, I will kill you alone. I will, I will squash you. I will batter you. I, I swear to my God, to my head, I will butcher you. My God. I'm not least, I'm just telling you, I will have butchered you. You have done something nobody ever did in this life. I will have butchered you. I will have fragmented you. I will have pounded you. I will have persisted you. In fact, you will not have forgiveness. You have committed the unpardonable sin. There's something I want you to know. Anybody who sins this kind of sin will not have repentance or forgiveness or redemption or washing or cleansing in the world to come, in the world that was, in the world that has never been, in the world that cannot be. I sincerely tell you. Just if you if, if you if you know if you love yourself, don't pray. Because if you pray, there will be a bomb shed from heaven. Bomb will break upon you. It will blast. If you pray, God will tell me, not you. I'm going to die yourselves. Shut up. It's not about you. Return and God. You no, know, there's some of us who do things. We say things that easily betest us. And instead of quickly going on your knees and finding God. And going to the world to find an escape route. You see Christians to apologize to. 
I want to see. Sit down. Cry for me two minutes. Cry one more, one minute. Brother, bro, join the prayer band. Sis, join the prayer band. I have confession to make. That you have made confessions before the whole world has not changed the fact that you have sinned. And you can still sin. And you will do more sins. And you will die in the sins. It's about identifying God through the word. And by the word, identify and escape root. It is more important to know how to escape from sins than to confess sins. The church is teaching confession of sins. The church is not teaching how to run from sins. Because most people who sin and come to confess sin again. The issue is not they should not sin. They will keep sinning. But how will they be free themselves? Must be taught them from the word. And it's not on an intermediary basis. Not those Catholic priests. People confess to those days. They are behind a barricade. With a very small pinhole. And a wooden cover. And you go there and knock. Sunday morning. Before the mass or the holy communion. Every Sunday morning you go and knock. 5.36 a.m. Priest. Yesterday. I told a lie. And stole 50 pounds. Say okay. You are forgiven. I also. Stole from the church offering 100 pounds. He says, Say more. He doesn't say, You're forgiven. He says, more. He says, Say more. And then, I'm so beautiful. All men say with me, Just wait a while and oppose the pinhole before you are forgiven. He's a man like you. He's encompassed with the kind of infirmities and limitations that are paramount to your life. Also, change the pinhole. Say, what's your name? Where do you live? Ah, I came to confess now. Amen. I came to confess. Why do you seek people to confess? Why do you seek prayer band people? Why do you seek prayers? There's no intermediary. If you are not a Christian, come to God by faith. Romans 10, 12. God is rich to all that call upon his name. There's no difference. There is no favoritism without God. If you call upon his name by faith in Christ Jesus, he will answer thee. If you come to God by faith, he will in no wise cast out. His yoke is easy. His body is light. Come to him. Come to him. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, no matter who you are, come to the Lord today. He's free-hearted. He's open-hearted. He's open-handed to receive you. First Timothy 2 1 verse 4 For this is the will of God good and acceptable in the sight of God who we have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Peter 3 and verse 9 God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count to slackness. He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. John 3.16 For God so loved the Lord He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever whosoever let him that wants to drink of the water of life freely come. God is calling you. He's calling you in expectation to come. 
Timothy 2 1 verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who is a platform of sacrifice so that anybody who has faith in Christ is before God. You don't need Christ to go to God anymore. Christ brought you to God now. You are now before God. Praying in the name of Jesus is a family prayer name. If the Christian says God do it, God will do it. If you say be healed, he'll be healed without mentioning Christ's name because it's by Christ's name you are a Christian. One, you call it deep. I haven't had nothing yet. I'm going all over the world to preach the things you hear me preach at this church at whatever cost, from coast to coast, all over this world. I will encapture and encapsulate the word with the word with the word of God, preaching things you have had here, and many more things are going will show us. John 20 and verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. It's a family name. It's not a tool in the hand of the Christian. The name of Jesus is not a tool for deliverance. The name of Jesus is a family name. Ephesians 1 10, Ephesians 3 and verse 10. The families of God, the things in heaven and then on earth have been named by this name that having faith in his name. John 20 and verse 31. He might have life. There's no intermediary. Someone says, I will have prayed this because I'm a woman. There's no man of made in Christ Jesus. You know, you understand. I will have prayed my, my prayers. Look at someone. Can you see yourself? You, you must be ashamed of yourself. You are even blacklisting God again. Your ignorance has been so untoward from the heaven to the earth. You are even blacklisting God and misrepresenting God. There are no intermediaries. The door is open, the road is wide. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Why do you come to church? Don't come to church to seek the Lord. You should have sought God before you came. You should have sought God at home. Don't come to church because of God's presence. You carry God's presence anywhere you are. God is there. If there's a place, God must not go. Then don't go. Don't go. You say, that place is so bad. The kind of music they were playing there was horrible. Pastor, don't come. Pastor, please don't come for my birthday. Pastor, please don't come for my birthday, please. Yes, please don't come. Why should I come? What if the church is brought there? Ah, that will be damage to the name of the church. But you are there. It's more damage to the name of the Lord. Someone says, if you are coming for my birthday, dress well. Don't dress like those coming to Mercy Assembly. I'm warning you. And if you come with Pastor Uzo and Pastor Simeon, I will single-handedly excommunicate the three of you from the gates for your too much righteousness. Let's enjoy life now. Let's enjoy life. Where you enjoy life, God is there, not enjoying life. 
the place of your enjoyment is the place of his sadness. You are wallowing in the mouth, sin and cantankerous manifestations. He is wallowing in regret, having saved you. That was my owner. It's 10 nights. I'm closing. Should have said I'm closing already. For when Moses, Hebrews 10 19, I'm sorry. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us now with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with water. Let us draw near. No intermediaries. No special prayer. No special preparation. No special seat. No place is closest to the platform. I must sit near the stage. For what? Go away. You start, you soon start sleeping and defiling the stage. I must sit near the vine of God. So I can get my anointing. God's anointing is not sporadic. If something happens by this kind of contact, it's a spiritual manifestation. No, it's always there. I'll say it again. Now, if if by just merely contacting his seat or his shirt, something happens to you. Now ask what has happened to you. Maybe a friends, it may not last beyond that place. And if it lasts, it's a manifestation of the spirit of God. My shirt could make cancer drop off your neck. By tomorrow, I could hug you and squeeze you and you'll die of a headache. It's a manifestation of the spirit as a spirit will. It's not a, it's not a continual spirit because our garments in themselves are not meant to carry the power of God. We are the carriers of the power of God. Do you get it? So, I'm not struggling to find the stage. Somebody sits at the back and because he's at the back, he begins to sleep. The church. Ushers just stay there and sleep. who are sleeping at the church do you know how weak the understanding of God's presence is when a man is sleeping at the church he goes to the back to sleep them up God is still there like he's there now if you cannot come here to sleep then don't sleep at the back it's the same thing those who want to gist go to the back to gist if you cannot gist here don't gist there want to fight. Come, come. I'm very angry and I cannot wait till the end. Come, let me come and fight you. Come, come, come. Come, come here. <laughs> Look, after this, go. Come, come. 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 Obscene things should be kept outside us. Obstrusive things should be kept outside us. Things that defile should be kept not outside the church, outside us. A man brings a calabash he had used for something. I said, ah, I can't put in church and put outside. Where was it before? He was with the church, in the church, by the church with God. 
If there's a place God must not go, then don't go. Let me close with this last point. This point. The last point. God didn't bless me as a church. He blessed me as an individual. I must seek him this way. Did you get it? Get this wrong. If you call this place the house of God, it is the house of God because we are here. If you call the church of God the house of God, it is the church of God because it's the setting of the call and words. No physical building is in the house of God. Get it clear. So don't quote at me, first Timothy, and say, like I've always quoted, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. House of God. Under what context? It's the house of God because we are here. Since we are the house of God. The setting, the assembly of the called our ones. First Timothy 3.15 You get out. Listen. Christianity must go beyond church. Many of us only pray at church. Many of us only read our Bibles at church. In fact, you will, you will, see, you will, you will see they are not conversant with the Bible the way they open. Some of them are not even opening. So look at them. They are not conversant. They are strangers to the Bible. They are complete strangers to the Bible. When you say Matthew 16, 4, they look at you and look down. Look at you and look down. Look left, I mean right, and then left. Look up and look down. Look perpendicular, look asymmetrical, look diasymmetrical. Then they will be still. Set their gaze on you. When they discover there's the blue eyes encounter, you now click their Bibles to catch up with what you have said and start from the beginning to flip through to find where Matthew is. And they flip through. And they flip through. You've gone to something else. They now find Proverbs. He that findeth a wife. Find it a good thing. They stay there. And they begin to grin from side to side for want of knowledge. Every Christian ought to have a grasp of the Bible beyond church. The kind of time we stay here is not enough for Christianity. Church is not an end in itself. We come together to exhort one another. You have to go back to do the thing. Doing is not in the church. If you limit it to doing in the church, you cannot make it. It's not about church. It's about our lives. As far as I'm concerned, this church setting is an abstract place for Christianity. Because real livelihood is in taking the word of the pastor's mouth and looking to the scriptures and taking to your heart and turning your back on church and all you have heard and making this word translates into attitude, into inclinations of behavioral tendencies and manners. Making this thing become a lifestyle. So it's abstract. When I come and quote and preach and preach and sweat and sweat and sweat. It's abstract. You've got to take it into reality and begin to live it. And because it looks abstract, most of us don't do what we hear in church. Most of the things said at church are impractical. 
most of the things preached at church are useless because it's abstract. Church must be a place of realities. Things said and preached must be workable, must be feasible, must be handy, must be usable, must be malleable. You must be able to take it out and use it to turn your life. And it must not be written, it must be something you can identify with the relevance of apt attention and mindset or heart inclination. I want to make progress. If I don't come to church, I can't backslide. I'm a Christian beyond church. It's not all the time you have the privilege to attend church. It's not all the time you have the privilege to attend a good church. It's not all the time you have the privilege to have good word preached at you. Most of the time, all over the world, there are many more places where there are no churches than there are churches. Church has not covered half of the earth's surface. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be deceived. Most of the places where the cream of good work is and professional improvement or status would ever be able to come your way at places, church is far from their mentality. This is the reason why if your Christianity is not beyond a church setting like this, you will soon backslide because you get to a place where there is no church. All they do on Sunday mornings is to picnic. All they do on Sunday mornings is to go for entertainment. Pastor Francis has put his church service at 4 p.m. on Sunday morning at Houston, Texas. I said, why did you do this? He said, Sunday mornings, they go to the beach. They are naked all over the place at the beach. But by evening, they are tired. So they go back home. Sunday mornings, when we are here praying and fasting, they are here at the beach. So he goes to the beach to tell them to stop chewing tobacco and come to church in the evening. Perhaps God will smile on them and they will have the blessedness of God come by the way of preaching. It's not all the time you find a good church. So you must be church without church in your Christianity. If you are in a place where they searching for 10 years, I must find you fathomed. And it will never come to pass until there's church without walls. It will never come to pass until there's church without us. Can't you have service all by yourself? You should be able to have service all by yourself. You just come and just sit down and sing a song of praise and give a testimony and read a verse and recite and preach from the word of God and lead holy hands in songs and give an offering and give announcements and close church and go back to sleep and continue for 10 years making progress. Most of our progress is pseudo progress because progress is not about church progress and most of our progress for being pseudo progress are only attached to church. Progress must be beyond church. You must be able to make progress if you are not here for four weeks. Too many times you don't come to church for four weeks. When you come, you come, 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 come worse than you came. See, that song you sang, I don't understand though. Yes, last week when you explained, I got it, but now I'm confused. That explanation you gave, I agree, but it's against the word. What you have preached to me about this scripture, I really agree, but it's different from what the Bible says, but I still agree all the same. What you are saying is true, but it's against the Bible. Pastor, thank you very much for blessing me with things that are not in the word of God. I'm confused. Why won't you be confused? Some folks say, I have a question. You answer the question and they take the question on that church. 
When they leave, they are confused. They come back, they understand. They leave, they are confused. They come back, they understand. They leave, they are confused. First Peter 3 and verse 15. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Give God a special place in your thoughts. Separate him in your heart. And be ready to answer. Give an answer to I shall ask you the reason. The reason of your conviction. Oh, Conviction. If you don't have the privilege of church for 20 years, where would you be? If you don't have the privilege to find a good church, where would you be? The things you have here, they're all about church, are soon blown off. Tough, driven by wind. Instability. Emotional instability soon begins to build up. Worse. You begin to sob and cry over everything like you have always done. No change. No encounter. I have been blessed by God, not church. I will seek Him all by myself. If I don't find it, I will pray. If I don't find it, I will fast. I will read my Bible. It's I am God. If you are privileged to be around me, okay, come along. In case you are not serious, go away. God first. God last. God first. God last. God first. God last. Take heed to yourselves in view of the doctrine and continue in them. Take heed unto thyself in view of the doctrine and make progress in them. For in doing these thou shalt put sin thyself and them that hear thee. To yourselves, take heed.